1: what's going on guys welcome back to action movie anatomy here on the popcorn talk network it's monday we're talking about a film that might be my favorite of the entire year let's talk ford versus ferrari we'll see you guys in just one quick second welcome to popcorn talk featuring movie discussion news and interviews popcorn talk we talk movies and now here's popcorn talks action movie anatomy boom Where's the eagle? Ah! Yeah, where's the ah! eagle? What the hell happened? Run it back. I can't do this show without like the now, eagle. We never talked about the eagle, but then it became like my favorite part of our whole intro. I don't even understand how it's possible the eagle existed for such a short time. I don't. Mean, maybe it was just a real eagle flying by. For those as of we you started our show. on audio, not that you would have seen the video and the eagle on video. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> not, not a real eagle. No eagles were hurt. Uh, we we got used to a genius producer throwing the sound of a of a great bald eagle. Uh, calling during our intro. Ah! It was amazing. It really was. Were you throwing your voice actually the last couple weeks and just doing the eagle It was sound? me. I just did it like oh, my God. head down. You didn't even notice. We've got Ryan Nelson up in the booth, producer here at Popcorn Talk. Ryan, do you know anything about the eagle?
0: The eagle is a part <laughs> of the intro. That Ryan, guess... can you talk to us about the eagle, please? It has played a few times. You know, the eagles are uh, my team. I'm from Philly. Oh. And they had a uh, crippling loss yesterday.
1: It was tough. They did. So
0: the eagle was silent today. That Patriots oh. team did not look very good and they still beat you guys. They still did. Yeah, they still got us. So it'll yeah. uh, be back next week. All right. Very good. Okay. Okay. All right. Win. I like
1: that. Well, we're here, we're back. It's Popcorn Talk. It's Monday. It's Action Movie Anatomy. We're talking Ford versus Ferrari. Ford versus Ferrari. You say the title of that movie out loud, and it's like, can you design a title of a movie that's going to entice Americans to see a movie any more convincingly than just calling a movie Ford versus Ferrari? Yeah, it's basically just like America versus, and then it's like cool cars. And that's like all we need. But it's interesting. What I think is so fascinating about this movie and the story that they tell is that you don't have to know or care about cars at all. You don't have to care about Ford. You don't have to care about Ferrari. You don't have to care about the history. You don't have to know who any of these people are. You don't have to be a racing guy either. You don't have to be a Not car at all. guy. You no. just have to be a person that likes good movies. Yeah. That's it. And I think that's what's so amazing about this is because we've seen so many times in movies that are about a specific thing where they can alienate their audience yeah and that's one thing that this does not do there's like a great uh, episode of the simpsons I watched very recently because now at disney plus you can watch all the old episodes I'm having mm-hmm. a very good time with this homer picks up like a sweet old mustang at a at a police auction okay and it belongs to snake the, the bad oh, guy oh yeah, yeah and he calls it little bandit and he's in prison and he like sees homer get it And Homer's just, like, sitting there with the car. And Mo's like, ah, Homer, I didn't know you were a car guy. And Homer's like, I am Mo. And he's like, and then Mo starts, like, naming things. He's like, and I know nothing about cars. He's like, he's like, four-cylinder? He's like, yeah. He's like, he's like, CC transistors? He's like, yeah. He's like, says something else? And he's like, I made that last one up. Homer's like, interesting. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, like, classic (laughs) car guy stuff. You and I know nothing about cars. No. I'm very, very... Not happy, but willing to admit that I know nothing. You owned a Mustang. I did. That's that's knowing more about cars. And than I, I want like a, a Shelby GT, like old school, like the one because the one that Damon drives seconds? around, okay. the one that Damon drives around in the movie, yeah. a good amount is like I saw they're giving it away, and it's the one that he drove. Like that car is gorgeous, so beautiful. Yeah, I love that. I mean, how could you not love that car? It's a not gorgeous just like car. Being like I like gold or I like diamonds. It's you also know? one of those cool things. I love the idea that carol shelby drives a car like that. that's his like driving around car because he used to be like a racer but he's not anymore so now he just drives a dope car and he drives it like a prick yeah but you're like he's not a dick he's just trying to get it out he doesn't yeah. get to do it anymore he doesn't have that release yeah i love that I, I damon was so good in this movie is just just generally generally great so guys uh we're here we're talking ford versus fry we're gonna get into all the things that you know and love my name is ben bateman this is the popcorn talk network that's andrew guy hey We've got a great show for you today. A couple quick shout-outs to you guys. Uh Patreon shout out to some brand new patrons, Pat and Nicholas Normandon. That's a big salute there. Nicholas. Big salute. Nicholas, uh, hope you got your package from us. I hope so. The rewards for being a patron of patreon.com slash team action. We send out rewards every single month and uh, you had two months worth of rewards. Uh, So hopefully you got those. Also, a big happy birthday to Emma McAllister. Hey! Member of Action Industries, the team. Happy birthday, doll face. We love you. We appreciate you. And, uh, you know we were doing um we were doing action industry shout outs for a while and emma's kind of a jack of all trades for action industries not only does she update and uh keep our news stories on top of the ball but she also is just she's just very quirky and snarky and and smart like quick and funny Yeah. yeah so we we're using her in our writer's room now she really helps put out our daily content so a big big salute to emma happy birthday we love you very much and uh Let's keep rocking, Dollface. Yeah, let's keep rocking. So guys, the, the movies we cover on the show traditionally are action movies that adhere to four basic rules. Rule number one, the hero always plays by their own rules. This is not really a traditional action movie. No. The hero of this movie, it's its its a duo. It, yep. it, it really, right? It's, and neither of them play by their own rules. No, I mean, I. it definitely seems like Ken does. Right. It, it does seem like Ken does, but he plays by his own rules to no avail. Yeah. Like to no success until Shelby comes along and kind of like bends him a little a little bit but then even when he plays by the rules you're just like god he should have played by the rules and even he stops playing by his own rules he gets screwed yeah exactly That's By the mean. way, we're spoiling the crap out of, oh, yeah, of this so movie will you, be spoiled if you haven't seen this movie already i uh, probably don't want to watch the episode yet but if you haven't seen it you should because this movie is great um rule number two the hero and the villain are always the smartest people beings things dinosaurs what have you in the room in this case it does feel a yeah. little bit like right ford or matt damon and ken miles yeah Against Ferrari yeah. slash Josh Lucas, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, Josh Lucas, ultimate great shit. He's a very good shit wheels. He's not a he's not the bad guy though. You no. know, like y- you want him to have his comeuppance, but you know it can't happen, and it's not a real life thing no. for him to have it. Like for carol Shelby to hit him in the face, maybe, but like for his whole life to be ruined, yeah, it's actually not a good thing to it'd have it happen. Ca- it'd be like a cartoon for yeah. him to be like, yeah, you know, if it was like an action movie, he would be corrupt. He truly he would be corrupt, and at the very end, you'd find out he was a shit weasel backstabber. He'd be backstabber. colluding with yep. Ferrari the whole time exactly. for, for money, yep. and then he would get, yes, yeah, He'd get hit by a car. Yeah. <laughs> uh, rule number three, the movie is driven by police, military, political, or mercenary figure. It's not. And uh, rule number four, the movie contains a minimum of one explosion. There are things exploding, uh, tragically, sadly. Um, yeah uh, things exploding. it 's very true in the movie so times. yeah so uh, guys if you want to follow along with the conversation we've got a live chat going here on Facebook you can leave your thoughts in there and let us know what you want to hear about if you want to follow along with what Drew and I do and let us know in real life your opinions on this obviously leave your thoughts comments below subscribe to Popcorn Talk but you can tweet at me personally at Ben Bateman Media find me on Instagram the same place yeah you guys can find me at Andrew Guy on the internet you can find the show at Team Action Show on Twitter make sure you check out patreon.com slash team action to follow along with everything that we do outside of popcorn and speaking of yeah we've got ryan nilson producer is a brand new patron to the action industries yeah he joined the action army patreon uh last night ryan you can see him up here in the booth there he is ryan is a producer on the show he's been on the show before he was on here with me doing inglorious bastards just just a few months ago
0: that's right uh i'm so happy to Put any of my support in. I love producing the show each and every week. You guys are the best, so it's the least I could do. Yeah, have Ryan's- you seen
1: this movie yet, Ryan?
0: I have not. I uh, had a very busy weekend in that I was here all day Saturday. We had a really exciting summit here at AfterBuzz. I actually saw uh, Ben there, so thank you so much for coming. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just a very uh, busy weekend, so I had no time to go to the theater. And this, But I do have to go because on our other show, Box Office Breakdown, I lost the mm. box office bet for this movie, and now I have to go see it. What was the bet? The bet was I was predicting how much money it would make opening weekend. I predicted 19.25. Oh, wow. You Somewhere, went a little low. I did go a little low. Made 30 plus, right? Made 31. Yep. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so a big loss on my part, predicting not my strong suit, and I'll be seeing it this weekend.
1: Did anybody uh, predict high numbers for Charlie's Angels and get tanked on this?
0: No, we were all pretty much on point with that one. Yeah. I, I, I honestly wasn't even expecting eight, though. I was expecting when lower. Did
1: this open? Did this open just yesterday? Or just last weekend? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. It made me sad that that Charlie's Angels movie tanked as hard as it did, because yeah. the movie was actually pretty good. And also, it sucks that, that every time there's a movie that's driven by women that doesn't make money... It proves all the idiots in the industry wrong, uh, right? I right, mean, yeah. Uh, and it's just so it's so so obnoxious. It's just such a like the entire gap between tentpole filmmaking and everything else just gets wider and wider and wider. I wonder how much better that movie would have done if it wasn't a Charlie's Angels movies movie, or if it would have just tanked the same. Because I think the fact that it's a Charlie Charlie's Angel movie made me not want to watch it. Agreed. I think what's really interesting about that is that if it. Because I wasn't, I wouldn't have even heard about it. Right, the budget was fifty, I think, and I think it made eight. So you think about that, and you go, and you go, okay. So Kristen Stewart's the name you're putting on that movie as the she's the she's supposed to sell the movie. God damn, that's brutal. Elizabeth Banks is in the movie, and that should help sell the movie because she's got some cred. But Naomi Scott, it's Naomi Scott, right? That's the
0: yes, Naomi Scott
1: and Ella Balinska. Neither of whom are like. They're, neither of them are like box office people yeah but elizabeth banks doesn't put butts in seats agreed unfortunately agreed. but so as far as the two names and then and most people didn't even know patrick stewart was in the movie i didn't uh, know he was in it i didn't know he was in the movie so
0: well first i'm hearing of it right
1: now. <laughs> yeah exactly and he's the he's the villain right yeah or well kind of kind of yeah I, I mean i haven't seen it so i can't spoil it yeah it's, and we, we haven't he's, talked he's about not, it not totally care. so uh, okay but uh what i was gonna say was that that's supposed to sell the movie now if you think about where the money to make a movie for $50 million that's supposed to be a, like a big budget action movie goes, you put it all in the action, which is why you have Ella Balinska and Naomi Scott in that movie. Right. Because instead of, instead of Margot Robbie and the other people they'd mm-hmm. go after, they wanted to make this like a top-tier big box office movie. But if you do that and you go after Margot Robbie and you go after... Then the action sucks. Then or you the need actions, more money. Then you need $100 million yep. to make this movie. And then it's even harder to make the money back. So that's, that's where the conundrum, I think, comes is that they have to spend the money in the right place. And it's a shame because... On the whole, the movie was, was pretty good, actually, and they won't make another one. I, I think the big problem with this is that it's only been 15 years since the last Charlie's Angels movie and because they didn't put any of the three angels on right. the cover of the box and to sell the movie. It feels like a reboot instead of sort of a sequel in the same universe. Is it supposed to be following the old ones? The, there's a shot in the movie when they're honoring old angels and they uh, show the they old show angels. The so it's acknowledging that it's part of the same universe hmm. uh, instead of a reboot, and that's the problem. Alright. So, that does. those are my thoughts on Charlie's that Angels. That is our AMA on Charlie's Angels. Thank um, you guys for joining us today. So yeah, coming up on the show today, though, we are going to talk about the Action Face-Off, which is this awesome debate show we've started doing on our Patreon. We premiered it publicly last night, the second edition. Champion Andrew Guy right yeah. here. He got his, first, uh, got his first win. I did. We'll, we'll talk to you guys a little more about that. Stay tuned if uh-huh. you want to hear how you can debate movies against Andrew and myself. We're going to be doing our top three Christian Bale movies. And we are going to be talking about the Damon versus Bale movie trivia face-off. Uh, it's going to be a little game that we play in here. Uh, I, I always wanted to call it something like a throwback. Yeah. Like the li- something with library. Oh, was, yeah. I actually wore my Library Alehouse t-shirt the other day for the first time because I'm so disconnected now. It doesn't yeah. feel, you know? Yeah, right. But that game was spawned in a restaurant. It was, it was how we liked each that's other. How that's how we, we started to enjoy each other's became company. Became friends. Yeah. So we'll tell that story a little later. I think we should get into the first bit of yeah. the show here. Talk about thesis statement. This is your biggest, boldest thought about the film. Uh something happens in the movie and it makes you decide I was describing fist bump uh, it it makes you decide (laughs) that this is the greatest the first the best the last the only Uh, this is your point about the movie that you'd want to make if you were talking about this at a party or with with another film enthusiast Uh, Ryan is the is the AC on today
0: the AC is going to be on in two seconds it is
1: unbelievably hot these two days It's like 80 and 90 degrees uh, here in LA Um, so I'm gonna hop in first with my thesis statement and I feel kind of bad because there's a handful of thesi out there that I want To pull in one of them was like maybe this is because the ensemble cast in this, the supporting cast, I wanted to say it's like one of the greatest supporting casts, but that's like one of, and then I can't say it's the greatest, and it's not anyone's career defining role. But what I can say, and I hate to do these because they feel so easy, but this is really the best movie that has ever been made about racing. Mm. It just truly is. I don't know if it's the best racing movie, but it's the best movie that's been made about racing. I love Rush. I really enjoyed big fan Rush. Of Rush. Yeah, love Rush. You know, we covered it on the show. Uh, big shout out to Richard Eric Jarvie. But this movie, I feel, is in a different class than mm. Rush. I don't know why. Um, maybe it's because of the stars. Even though Rush had big stars, but it felt like if you look at the two guys in Rush when it came out, it didn't feel like either of them were where Damon and Bale are. Right. Damon and Bale feel like they're playing with the house's money, whereas Hemsworth and uh, <laughs> Daniel helmet, Brühl. helmet Zemo, yeah. uh, Daniel Bruhl, are still trying to... It almost feels like they are still trying to prove themselves. Yeah. Whereas it's like Damon and Bale are just existing as these people knowing they can do no wrong. Yeah. And, and there's something about that swagger that really pays off in the movie because you need to believe when you're watching Ford versus Ferrari, that's the best fucking driver in the world and that's the best car maker in the world. Yeah. Even though you know it's Bale and Damon. Yeah. But for some reason, what they do in this movie, the way they transform, the way they disappear, it just... Does it for me, yeah, all the way across the board. And again, I don't need to know anything about the Le Mans 24-hour race. Yeah, I didn't even know that was a thing. Neither did I. I didn't know they raced for 24 hours. No, I've I'd heard of crazy races that happen over in Europe and how fast cars go. Yeah, but I didn't know the exact details of it and like how it happened. And I actually found myself learning a lot. Me too. In this movie. But without it feeling forced upon me, I love that it's called the Twenty Four Hours of Le Mans. I know, it sounds so epic. It really does. Yeah, and then you think about it, it's like okay, so you're going to race for twenty four hours straight. That's insane. Yeah, it's insane. And they, 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 you see it happen in the movie, but I didn't realize that there was like there was like swap in drivers. I yeah, didn't, I didn't know that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really understand that and how the whole thing works. But it was just so cool. And then learning a bit more about the rivalry between and the rivalry and the dominance. Yeah, and then like hearing about how Ferrari was essentially just going bankrupt. Yeah. It, just so much. This movie was an amazing like biopic drama, right? Honestly, I totally could not amazing agree. Amazing action, but also still being the best racing movie I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, so my thesis statement is: is this Ford versus Ferrari is the best movie of 2019 and will win zero Oscars? Um, That's actually really. I love that you said that because uh, we don't have an AMA question today, but Richard Eric Jarvis, who runs the AMA question on the Instagram, actually just asked in the chat if he thought that this movie would get any nominations or any wins. So please continue. This movie is going to get like seven nominations. It's going to end up getting Best Picture. Mangold will get nominated for Best Director. Uh, at least one or both of Bale and Damon will get nominations for acting. Mm-hmm. It'll get nominated for sound design. It'll probably get nominated for script. Uh, It's possible cinematography just because the racing sequences are so beautifully shot. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't even be surprised if you get, like, effects. I mean, I think this movie will get in the range of sound editing. I can even see sound editing, honestly. Six six to eight nominations is my guess. This movie is exactly the kind of movie that 20 years ago could easily win Best Picture. Mm -hmm. 20 years ago, this movie could be respected by primarily then they were a little less old but the academy is made up of a lot of old white guys yep. and this movie is kind of made for old white guys in a lot of ways it's not only for but if you're talking about a movie that's going to impress that audience this is that movie right it's classic movie stars there's nothing about this movie that's like pushing the envelope socially it's not asking any really really important questions aside from i guess creativity versus big business mm-hmm. uh that's about it however i think it's the best movie of the year it is so easy to enjoy this movie. Yeah. It's two hours and thirty minutes, and there was zero part of me that felt I was—I was, I was like—I z- never wanted it to end. Zero times. The mm-hmm. whole movie, I was just like riveted. I was so in. I needed to see what happened. Like, and there's no wasted scenes. There's no wasted moments. No. Every, everyone does a good job. Every single person in this movie is a good—at least a good actor in this in this film. Could not agree more. And uh, yeah, it's—I—I've I, thought a lot about what it is about this movie. I, I've described this to a couple people now, but. This movie is PG-13. Mm-hmm. If this movie is R, it's a different movie. It's, if this movie it's is PG- a worse movie. Yeah. It yeah. succeeds really well as being an approachable PG-13 movie. This also feels like a movie at PG-13, if I had like an eight-year-old, I could take them to see this movie. 100%. And they'd love it. They would love it, and, and you, would, you would feel like a good dad, and they'd you know, remember it. This yeah. feels like the kind of movie that Ron Howard has spent most of his career making, which is ironic that Ron Howard made Rush, and mm-hmm. it's not quite as good of a movie. And Rush is more R-rated. Rush has, like, sex and nudity, and, like, a lot of the stuff that's, like, a little more complex is, like, a little less service level. Uh, And for whatever reason, movies like that, they don't get as much honor as they used to. Mm -hmm. Um, The Academy nowadays... Well, that's so funny, because it does feel like if Rush and this movie came out at the same year, it does feel like Rush would almost get more attention because it is grittier, because it's, like, not as mainstream of a story, even though Ford and Ferrari isn't. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Totally. It's like, the whole thing that you're talking about, I agree. It's like, you say this movie would have won Best Picture 10 years ago. A hundred percent. Whereas I think it's, now, like, 20, 25. 20, yeah, yeah, that's fair, because it would have won in 2010. But it, it's, it's just almost like it's, it's not complex enough. Yeah. Even though it's just a perfect movie. Right. You know? Yeah, in the era where, like, the movies that were winning were, like, titanic and shakespeare in love american beauty gladiator beautiful mind you know that's the that's the era to me when i think about this that i'm like that's that's when this would have won this is obviously not gladiator Mm -hmm. gladiator is you know historical on some level but this feels a lot like gladiator winning it's a super 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 machismo movie that dudes love to watch yeah um Anyway, long story short, guys, I actually think this movie is appealing for anyone and everyone. I don't think this movie is only limited to being appealing to men. I just think this movie is great, uh, and I love it. So that's my thesis statement. We're going to move on to the next part of the show. The next part of the show is called Fist Pump Moment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This is when something happens in a movie. You're watching. You kind of look around. You're like, are you seeing this right now? This is so awesome. You look over to your buddy like so good. This scene. Uh, this scene right yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. fist pump moment. You get so excited. And it can be anything. It can be a touching look between father and son, the title credits, the music, a, a headshot, you know, whatever. A phone call between a terrorist and an MTA officer. <laughs> in the taking of Pelham 123. <laughs> uh, do you want to go first or should I? Uh you go first. I went first on thesis. Yeah, so I got I got a lot in this movie. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of moments in this movie that just absolutely crushed it for me um and i would say probably the one that stands out the absolute most is it's after it's after henry ford shows up to the hangar mm-hmm. and leo bibb has been locked in the office yeah that's a great and scene. and they're setting up the tension that carol shelby is going to do something to try to get ken miles in the race because he's realizing that he doesn't have a lot of power left here and he's going to have to make a play and he sits down in the car with henry ford and they drive out. and he and and for one second, you know, other than the beginning of the movie, you get to actually see Carol Shelby drive. Yeah, you know, he doesn't really drive almost the whole movie aside None. from just driving around in his car a little bit. yeah, yeah, but he, like drives for real in this scene. He goes for it. Uh, and he takes the car up as fast as he can possibly go. And at the end of it, Henry Ford, like simultaneously like shits himself and starts crying. He just starts bawling, and there's something funny. And amazing about the moment because in in the context of a a biopic like this, there's a lot of beats that are very predictable. Mm -hmm. And as a character, Henry Ford, to this point in the movie, has really been shown to us as this very powerful, a little bit weak, kind of cowardly man. He's uh, very, very, very believes in himself and is, believes he's the boss, mm-hmm. but he doesn't like really roll his sleeves up. It's like he does, you, he's the cla- he's a classic character. He's a classic boss he character. He really is. That, that's another thing is this boss character is so cliche, but he does it so well and there's just enough layers to him and this scene is one of them. It's one of the most important scenes in the whole movie and, and he starts crying and it's like you can't really, you keep feeling like he's going to start laughing. He's like crying hysterically, but it's almost on the verge of laughter. hmm And he says, like, I had no idea. I had no idea. I wish my daddy was here to see this. Yeah. And it's such a great, like, fist pump moment because it brings levity, but it also brings character and depth and reality to this character of, like, he wishes his daddy was here to see. He's just, because at the end of the day, what that scene does is it turns this guy, this he's a god in the movie yeah he he drinks top shelf booze all day long in his amazing office everyone listens to everything he says no one ever speaks back to him in that one moment you see him turn back into a kid yeah and he's like all he wants to do is make his dad proud and he just went on the greatest roller coaster of his life right you know yeah and he's blown away he's like the ford name the ford name did this Mm -hmm. you know ford did this i'm sitting in a ford that just felt like that and i didn't know that i didn't know that a car especially a car we make could make you feel this way. Could do this. And it's such a cool scene and such a such a good like, you know, if you're sitting there and you're watching and you're start you're kind of leaning back. That's the moment where you're like, shoo, you yeah. get sucked right back into the screen and you're uh-huh. just like, oh, this is about to get even better. Yeah, yeah. You know? uh, Jay will's here. Uh, I haven't seen Jay a lot in the chat, but he's been very very vocal today. He said when he said, "I wish my dad was here to see this," I almost welled up myself. And he went with his nine year old son who loved the movie. Yeah, I'll bet. So uh, yeah, a lot of people have been talking about the uh, the seven thousand. The, about pushing the car to yeah, 7,000, 7, you know, RPMs. go like hell. The sign that it, when he holds it up to, yeah. to have Ken go. It's tough, man. There's there's so many scenes in this movie that I, I just completely adore. Um, God, I mean, I love that scene. I love when they actually change out the brakes. Yeah. I love that moment where they, like, get the official, just get the hell out of there. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. such a good moment. But I think, I think my favorite scene in the movie is it, it starts with Bale working in the hangar yeah. late at night yeah. when yeah. he's not there. And because uh, he he's been replaced to go to the Le Mans, and an airport they're in an airport hangar and an airplane kind of goes by slowly in the background and and you don't know what it is at first because he's sitting there working, and then you see this amazing like light show if you will and it's it's just a very clean simple just beautiful shot when you talk about cinematography it, it, there's something about this light trick it's not even a trick that that just totally sucked me in I was like this is a beautiful movie and I was like very happy to be there and then. His wife shows up to his job with the, ice box, with the, the beer. ice box of beers and just like, you know, he goes to turn off the radio. She turns it up. They like stand there and dance and drink their beer or whatever. And it's just fucking beautiful. Yeah. I don't care if that moment didn't happen or not. It happened in the movie. Yeah. And that's movie magic. And that was the moment where I was just like, I know I'm going to get amazing racing. I know I'm going to get like good highs and lows, probably some laughs in there. I didn't know if I was gonna get this, yeah, and I got it. I got the real heart because you love Ken and you love his wife and you love their son, you and that's to, why this movie succeeds. Yeah, yeah, you want them to be, you want them to succeed, you want them to get his due, and uh, yeah, it's it's just terrific. I I couldn't agree more. Um, so, guys, we're gonna get into the next part of the show here. This is Star Profiles. We're gonna talk a little bit about these actors, where they are in their career, what they were doing in their career just before this movie comes out. So I'm going to start here with Matt Damon. This is actually pretty interesting. So he has cameos in Deadpool 2, Unsane, and Thor Ragnarok Mm -hmm. dating back to 2017. And those are all like these little appearances. But as far as movies that he stars in, Suburbicon 2017, Downsizing 2017, The Great Wall 2016. Um, Now this is is fascinating because Suburbicon is a George Clooney directed movie that flopped. In the same way that most of those George Clooney produced George Clooney directed original pictures. Do and I saw downsizing the Alexander Payne movie. Yep. Uh, it starts off okay, and then it just loses its legs. Gets kind of bad, right? Yep. So, and both of those movies are they're kind of they represent a little bit more of what I guess Matt Damon's career is right now. But the movie to me that really represents the difference between the way we see Damon today, mm-hmm. and you had Rounders on two days ago yep. when I came over. Yep, and I was noticing, and I just watched it last year again for the first time since you know fifteen years. What I was noticing looking at Damon is that you forget a little bit that early Matt Damon, like late 90s Matt Damon, this guy was a runway model. He like, yeah, Matt Damon was like a beautiful young guy. Mm -hmm. He was like very, very, very pretty, great actor. He was viewed as this like could do anything talent. You had so much faith. Very, very similar to like a Gosling five, six years ago. Like just like gorgeous, talented. The sky's the limit. Matt Damon in The Great Wall with the ponytail. Different guy. (laughs) That guy's sweet. That that guy, the Great Wall guy, is like why Matt Damon, it's like, you just don't take him seriously in the way that you used to. It's not because he's not talented. Right. It's almost like he's willing to poke fun at himself, so you are too. Uh-huh. He, him going on Kimmel and doing his whole running gag with Kimmel. Yeah. Which, by the way, is like my favorite. It's one, it's one of the greatest. Have you watched a lot of them? Uh, I've watched a decent amount of them. The We Bought a Zoo one from the Oscars. I've seen that one. Uh, Ryan, if you, if you can cue it up, it's a minute and a half or two minutes. I think Drew will get a very good laugh out of this. It's very
0: funny, the uh Matt Damon, yeah,
1: look up Matt Damon, Matt Damon, Kimmel, we bought a zoo it's it. I think it's like two three minutes. It's a good laugh for okay. Matt Damon, but I think the Great Wall to me it symbolizes so completely kind of how we see him now, and it's yeah. so different than it used to be, and this movie was such a great return to form. It's like the Martian and this they're like they're kind of the things that I can think of recently where he's just he's so good knocked in, out in of the, the Martian. Park. all right, let's check this out. Yeah. we
0: bought a zoo was at a multiplex in Burbank, believe it or not, the theater was completely empty (laughs) and it was magic it was like it was just me and Matt and the animals so your question is why did you buy this place? why not? why not? makes two words feel like three words I guess I just don't understand how you can call this place home you know what? like this it's our home (laughs) (laughs) He shows you how he's able to hear words And then repeat them back I mean I thought you liked me I thought this was a dream come true for us It's your dream The thing about Matt is you can see how hard he's working It's so (laughs) Effortful for him It's a good dream And it's got cool animals in it And some pretty great people too
1: (laughs) Oh my god this looks so bad
0: (laughs) bad. (laughs) I still have goosebumps We bought a zoo We did that (laughs) He bought a zoo and he made it work. That's the thing about Matt, you know, he has almost no discernible talent, but he works.
1: That was beautiful. Funny, right? That is so good. Uh, he's been... There's, like, 12 of them. I can hear words. I've watched most of them. And repeat them. And they're always funny to me. Like, his, <laughs> his bits with Kimmel are, like, some of the best stuff. They're so good. So, on the other side, a guy whose career feels like it's a polar opposite. Makes two words feel like three. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I'm glad you thought it was funny as I did. Yeah, Christian Bale, on the other side, who is just proven to probably be the greatest working character actor, period, right now. Because you go vice... Yeah, Mowgli Legend of the Jungle, where he voiced uh, Bagheera, I believe. Okay. Uh, which is his, his watcher. And then Hostiles in 2017 with Rosamund Pike. But then you think about what he did in the five years before that, you know? Dating back to mid-'90s, uh, you know, and he's obviously in Newsies, but late-'90s late, late yeah. 90s when he starts to be, like, a true leading man. Um, his last 20 years has been crazy. He's, like, he's, he's had one of the most remarkable careers. And, and talk about a guy who's obviously been able to play Batman. But also been able to play all these incredible character actor, these character roles, and, and uh, it's so crazy that him and Leo just aren't the same level. It, it for some reason it feels like Leo is more famous than Christian Bale. Yeah. Even though it feels like Christian Bale is more talented than Leonardo DiCaprio, and it feels like they're both equally marketable. Yeah, I would. I think the difference is that Leo. I mean, Leo doesn't do that many movies. When he would never do hostels yeah yeah he's leo's he would do the revenant you know he does he does these movies and it's it's not even so much that the that necessarily it's like bale's taking harder roles it's that like bale really likes to play weirdo supporting characters yeah he wouldn't leo would never take the big short a hundred percent yeah it's just not his that's Mm -mm. not his mo he's like if i'm gonna be in a movie i'm gonna be a movie star as the star of the movie like that's what i do it's a little different uh even though bale is batman so he's capable of doing both uh, so that's one gonna... of my favorite pictures of all time, Ryan. That four that you just pulled up. Pulling it back up. Yeah, it, it's, it's so great when you go from the Machinist to Vice and you got the fighter mixed in there with Batman Begins. You're just like, how in the fuck did yeah. you do that? How do you do that regularly? And you can, we, we talk about it all the time. You and I do. You can see it starting to kind of take a toll on his on his skin. When you his body, have this y- face, y- no one's skin is that elastic. Yeah, <laughs> it just doesn't work to go that that wide and that small that regularly. So I think we're going to talk right now about each of our top three, our favorite Christian Bale roles. Yeah, in uh, no particular order, we're just going to share three each. I think we can go back and forth so this way we don't necessarily settle on the same ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to jump in first, or should I? I will, and I'm going to say my 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 first one that pops in is it's Vice. It's Dick Cheney. You watch that movie, and you have to keep reminding yourself because of the mouth. Yeah, it's just the mouth. You're you're just like oh my god, that's Batman! <laughs> it's so that wild, is Batman. He's he's amazing. I don't think that movie's that good, but he is mesmerizing. Honestly, him and Rockwell could yeah. do a buddy comedy of Dick Cheney and George Bush, and I'd watch it. I totally, agree. I would watch three hours of that movie. Completely agree. My first one I'm going to jump in with is American Psycho. It's uh, it's it's a, it's a mm-hmm. film that's mm-hmm. very near and dear to my heart, obviously uh you know it was a a joke film way back in the day that people you know would quote all the time and and uh i just i used to know all the words to the movie it was like one of my favorites a long time ago and it just it's such a bizarre sort of cult classic performance it's weirdly funny um the violence against women angle of that movie has made it less watchable to me as I've gotten older. Which movie? Oh, American Psycho. Yeah. yeah when yeah. I was a lot younger, I think it was. It seemed a lot funnier. It seems a little less funny now. Mm-hmm. Um, even though obviously he's a he's a psychopath murderer character, so it's he, there's violence against everybody in the yeah, movie. But, but it's it's because it's not a horror movie. Yeah. That it feels not as yeah. I and understand. because so much of the so much of the culture is these like bus, these these like businessmen guys mm-hmm. uh, that are like mur- and he's a murderer. So uh, but anyway, it, the performance in the movie. It's Itself is so incredible and so funny, and everybody knows the business card scene. It's it's one of the great. It's like one of the great pieces of movie humor that's ever been created. Yeah, uh, just the way that they go back and forth. If you've never seen American Psycho, guys, because I know it's been twenty years since it came out. Now, um, it's a worthwhile movie to watch. It's it's a bizarre Christian Bale movie, and it's just such a great performance. It's it is hilarious. Uh, it's kind of weird that you have to talk about American Psycho the way that you're talking about it right now. Right, because because when we were growing up, it was. The movie. It was like everyone one of those it. movies everyone yeah. had seen. It's like Donnie Darko. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, American Psycho like never comes up anymore. God, this is so tough to pick my second one because I want to make sure that I get i want to make sure three more roles get in but i only have two more yeah votes
0: i want to say one thing about american psycho i also love that movie so much yeah and i in college we did a recreation of the opening scene where he's just going through his routine i live
1: in the american gardens winning on west city first oh no, that's just, that's floor. an amazing so amazingly good. well shot scene yeah it's, it's great i mean yeah. all, all of it like all of it it's, it's just fantastic yeah that, that's great you know there's a there's a lot about that movie that can be that can be spoofed or recreated. It's very very memorable. Very, it's very visual. Uh, my second pick is gonna have to be. God, I don't want to do it. I don't want do to. I'm just gonna go Batman. Okay, sure. I, I will do it. I, I like I like Bale's Batman. I think he's a great Bruce Wayne. I think he's a good Batman. Um, but I would be, I would be lying if I didn't say that Christian Bale's Batman didn't change my movie watching yeah, experiences as an totally. adult. Totally, he's great. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't think you have to qualify or explain it. I'll jump in with a big short. I I knew you were going to do it. I love Michael Burry. He's it's one of the movies that when I've rewatched it, I find his scenes to be some of the best scenes in the whole movie. He's Mm -hmm. so weird in the movie and he's such a good character. His like voiceover reading the emails that he's sending to the investment fund. They're so good the way he goes and he plays the drums and like this scene here that he's showing the clip from where he's uh, he's explaining that he wants to short the, the housing market and they're all like, you know, we'll take your money, sure. Right. He's, it's just such a weird, quirky, confident performance. Uh, it's one of the most, one of the most strange performances. Well, it's he's also ever nice in. to see him be a role player. Yeah, he just is one in yeah. this movie. He's just another dude. Uh, I love him in this movie. I think for me, my very last one is. Ah, God, there's two more that I want to get in. So I'm, I'll, I'll say, I'll say the fighter. I really love him in The Fighter. It's his Oscar role. It's the one that he won his Oscar for. He's absolutely incredible in it. Yeah, he's he's amazing in The Fighter. That movie is great. That movie is super rewatchable, too. I actually rewatched that movie last year. It's good. It's
0: really really good. It's really,
1: really good. It's depressing, but it's it's really good. And he has a lot of great scenes in the movie. Yeah, a lot of of those scenes where that scene where they're like where they're like filming him like smoking smoking crack. Yeah, and they're like explaining what the actual documentary is, and he's so high he's like not even listening. He's just ignoring it, not paying attention. And then he realizes, yeah, it's yeah, Uh, super sad. What's what's your last one? Ah, it's so tough. There's so there's just so many that I love. Please, Um, I have faith in you. On my final one. Yep. How much time are you hoping that I say Terminator Boy. Salvation? No. Uh
0: stay the course. stay the course. We, yeah. the course. We're we are dead. dead.
1: We are dead. Uh Christian Bale. It's a prestige. I do love him in the prestige. Maybe yeah okay, maybe you're right. Let me just let me just make sure. Let me just make sure that I haven't missed one. Um those first two were the ones that were clear. People always talk about the machinist, but I don't actually think his performance in no. that's out of this world. It's just what he did to his body. Yeah, yeah. I think you're probably right, actually. Oh, unless it's harsh times. Wait, who is? The, wait, which movie is that from? It's that's American. Hustle. That's American Hustle. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be the Prestige. It is the Prestige. I, because I love, I love so many of those scenes with him and Jackman. I love so good, uh, Andrea, Andrea. Andrea. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be yeah prestige will be that'll be my three that's a that's a a fair third pick there's a lot in there i mean the guy has had more memorable roles he's had more memorable roles in his career than most most people that we that we follow that we're fans of so all right so moving on to uh production development here we've got uh a film based on the rivalry between ford and ferrari for the dominance of the le mans endurance race it's been works at 20th century fox for quite some time and it was initially going to be tom cruise and brad pitt to star in the two roles uh with a screenplay by Jason Keller, but it fell apart after the writers could not get along. Um, I like that. I don't. I don't think it would have worked. I think it would have so been a little too distracting. You try to make Pitt weird and put him in the Ken Miles role and Cruise as Shelby. Is that what it is? I think you have to. I don't. I can't I see, see Cruise, Cruise be as Miles. Miles. Uh-uh. How does that happen? Uh, so on February fifth of twenty eighteen, it was announced that James Mangold had been brought on board to direct and base. Uh, to direct the film based on the previous script by Keller, and it, the filming began last year in July. It lasted for sixty-seven days, taking place in California, New Orleans, Louisiana, Atlanta, Savannah, Statesboro, Georgia, as well as at the Le Mans in France. Yeah, I think uh, the the thing to talk about here in the production development, the people involved is I think just talking about you know Mangold Mangled, for a second is yeah. probably the person to really honor here. Um, Mangold is really a guy who's come on the last decade as like a major force to be reckoned with. You know, I think. I think early on in his career, obviously, you know, Copland, Girl Interrupted, he got the attention of some people. I think mm-hmm. those, both, those movies are both well-liked, but it was really, Walk the Line is the one that put him on the map as like a, this is a very approachable movie that everyone saw. Uh, and his next couple, you know, 310, it's yeah, a, it's a 310, western. Wolverine. People like 310 a lot. I mean, that's that's definitely yeah. a well, well-liked movie. But then, of course, Logan in 2017 is the that's kind of that's that's where like where the rubber meets the road in terms of like dramatic talent versus exactly. an approachable subject it's like you did walk the line but it's based off of something it's carried by music you have really great performances can you do it again with something else and he yeah. does uh, and he, he often will co-write his own scripts mm-hmm. um, you know he's, he's a writer as well but uh, I do have to say his movies feel like they're throwbacks in some ways he feels like he makes these movies that could have been made in the 70s mm-hmm. in a lot of ways mm-hmm. Like like Logan doesn't totally feel like a movie that there was a whole lot about Didn't it that need needed to come to out be in twenty seventeen. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like, it, you take away some of the 17. some of the effects, and a lot of that movie is a, that's a seventies movie. I mean, three obviously three tens are a remake of a fifties western, and yeah, this movie doesn't feel at all like it. This movie literally could have been made in nineteen seventy seven, directed by James Mangold. I'm really curious to see what James will do when he has his own thing. When it's not Ford Fry, when it's not Logan, when it's not yeah. something else. Because even the next movie he's working on is Juliet, which is, you know, yeah. you hear that name, you already know what it's associated to. So uh, I'm very curious to see what Mangold will do. I love James Mangold. I think he, he's a really, really talented director and a great storyteller. Um, there's a there's some quality that he has that's very similar to another another favorite of ours, you know, Gavin O'Connor. Yeah. And I think what it is, is there's, there's like really highbrow filmmaking where you feel like your scenes have to be really abstract. It's filmmakers that want there to be no music in scenes that not affect how you feel about them. It's filmmakers that feel like they want to have these really long, quiet takes between brooding actors where you're supposed to kind of guess how they feel. Right. But then you have filmmakers like Gavin, and in a lot of cases Mangold, where like they're okay giving you a beautiful score. like They're giving you strings, and you can have a, a simple scene and a father-son moment, and they don't need to be smarter than that. They're willing to, to be like, look, this makes me feel something. I know it makes other people feel something, and I realize this is not Moonlight. I realize this is not the lobster. I realize, right. that, you know, like, this is not the. Uh, uh, this is kind of straight down the middle, but it's, it's going to be really down. good. It's why this movie works so well, because it's not trying to be, like, crazy cerebral. It's just, like, the the moments between Bale and his son in this movie are some of the best moments in the whole movie. They're so good. They're so good. <laughs> and, so good. you see the perfect lap, some people can never see it. Yeah, and I just, I really, really love that about Mangold. I think it's one of, in a lot of ways, it's actually... Uh, riskier, a more courageous thing to do as a filmmaker to be willing to make movies like that than the person who always wants to be pushing the envelope and weird. I mean, for all the, for all the love I have for Paul Thomas Anderson, he's like my favorite director, Yeah, it's that so quirky and different than this. It's too, It's uh, he's almost gotten too far into himself. GTA. Yeah, it's like you gotta, everything, you have to see how hard the director's working or something. I'm looking for, uh, Uh, Paul Denuzio here says, because I feel bad I missed so much today's episode with a $2 super chat. Big, big shout out to Paul Denuzio. Thank you so much, brother. We appreciate your support. Um, I think it's a good moment, actually, to do a quick uh, action highlight. On Paul DiNuzio. Yeah, let's do it. He's shouting, he shouts out yeah, in the chat. Yeah, he might here. as well. Paul DiNuzio, a uh, senior staff member of Action Industries and we launched the company when we, we incorporated. Yeah, five-star general. If you will. Yeah, he's also a five-star general uh, in the Action Army. Uh, Paul is the person who coordinates and runs our Patreon. He also helps, you know, we bounce ideas off of Paul and we, help, we coordinate with Paul on a lot of the stuff that we do with Action Industries. So Paul, absolute legend, wonderful person, great family, uh, just really great. I mean, Paul's a friend. Is somebody that I really, really like a lot. Yeah, just, Paul's uh, like a true friend. Yeah, so a big a big salute to Paul Denuzio. He deserves it. Salute to you, Paul. brother. Thanks for the. There guy. he is. There he is. Look, Look at, at that guy. And also a very talented singer formerly in an a cappella group with James Vanderbeek. This is very very true. It was recently featured on uh So you think you can dance or whatever it was? Or dancing at the, stars, with with the stars? Yeah, where are Vanderbeeks on there. So this movie cost 97 million dollars to make. It was released by 20th century fox on november 15th just this last week it grossed 31 million dollars domestically as of yesterday and an additional 24 foreign for a grand total of 52.4 million dollars and it opened at number one at 31 million a little bit above that 19 that you shot for ryan and it has an 8.3 on imdb but it's not in the 250 hmm. it will be i think it will get there but it's it's I don't understand how it's not already. Yeah. You know, it's got a 92% on the tomato meter and a 99% from the audience on Rotten Tomatoes. So I'm, I'm kind of shocked, honestly. And I think that's exactly what you're going to talk about. People are going to give it 100% and it's not going to win anything. Yeah, it just, it just feels like that movie. It feels like in the end, this movie is going to end up being underrated, which is funny. Is it just not enough? i think it's just where we are right now it's i think where we are right now in our country with movies more out of a movie it needs to be about more it's christian bale and matt damon starring in this movie people Mm -hmm. see that now and they're like yeah i don't know if i need to just go see these these movie stars be movie stars i want Mm -hmm. something more interesting in this and and as a movie fan i could not feel more different i when when you get the opportunity to see what you said like two guys who are just they're like true movie stars yeah like proper Dialed. movie stars. Mm-hmm. Talented. And they're in a good script with a good director being put in a position to make a good movie. This is like some of my favorite kind of movies or when yeah. movies like this get made. They don't get made that often anymore. They, they really don't. Because like, it's, it's really rare to find two people like that with a director that can do it and a script that can hold it. Totally. You know? So, uh, yeah, I, I love this movie. I, th- I think it was great. Let's get into favorite line here uh you have one yeah i think uh i so i looked up one for a while and i can't find it but there's 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 a line in there about i think damon talks about how a man when he's compelled to do something he has to do it or it's going to drive him mad or yeah, something like that i right. couldn't find it so i have to find something else um i love that the seven thousand rpms but my favorite line is uh what does it say he says um the ford motor company has gone to war before yeah i'm sure that we're more than paper pushers so go to war, Mister Shelby. To, yeah. I love that line. It's he's funny. Finally on board. Everyone's finally on board. Because there's two. There's two moments like that. Um, there's two moments like that. The uh-huh. earlier one is when at first when Lee Iacocca comes back. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, What did he say? What did he say? And he's like, "What did like, he say about me?" He he called you fat, sir. Um, and he <laughs> and he said, uh, "Says you make ugly cars in an ugly factory." Yep. And and then I just I just oh, love And then how, he goes. And he says you're not Henry Ford. He says you're, you're Henry, Henry Ford. Ford the II. The second. And yeah. that's when he loses his shit. And he's just like, Money is no object. Yeah. We're going to destroy. We're gonna we're gonna bury be- them. Yeah. Yeah, it's just and those again, like, that's the inciting incident. We've talked about this a lot recently yeah. on the show. You know, from a screenplay perspective, that's that is the thing that sets the movie off. You're maybe thirty minutes into the movie, uh, it happens. You know now what the movie's gonna be about. You now are laid out for two hours mm-hmm. and it's great. I know the story I'm following. Ford's either going to beat Ferrari or not, and I'm assuming they probably will. And right, right. I'll bet you Matt Damon and Christian Bale are involved. I bet they had a big part of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know, like, exactly. That's so. Yeah, it's it's just great. I mean, his scenes are some of the best. We haven't even talked about Phil, um, who's the you know who's the the mechanic. He's one he's of the best. So good. He's one of the best parts of the movie. That's the other thing I, I also like at the end is when when they're selling a car and Shelby has the freakout moment, and Phil just looks at him and he's just like. Sometimes they don't get out of the car. Yeah, I was just gonna say that when he has that conversation with this kid, he's like, "Yeah, but he got out of the car," you know. And he's like, "Yeah, but my dad got out, right?" And he's like, "Yes, he did." And like yeah. that guy, he's he's so good. Yeah, he's great. He's really just he's a he's an incredibly talented actor. Like every single, he just seems so genuine and earnest. And yeah, I love him. He's honestly maybe my favorite person in the whole movie. Yeah, he has a lot of scenes where he feels like he's anchoring the scene. Mm-hmm. Believe I mean, character actors when you, in the old days. Back before Christian Bale was getting all the character roles, you know, like back in the 50s and the 40s, those character actors, the reason they were called character actors is because they'd get thrown these little parts in movies. And the point was you weren't supposed to see them and look at their face and go, I know who that is. Right. You're supposed to see them and believe that they're a character. Mm -hmm. That's the whole point. It's okay to see Humphrey Bogart in every role doing the same voice because he's the star. But the characters have to anchor the movie. That's what Phil does here. They have to put him in that world. They have to put Humphrey in that world. So uh, what we got here? Oh, yeah. uh, Catriona Bogart catcher yeah, or both is amazing it's it's bale's wife in the yeah. movie and she's absolutely incredible her driving scene is, is also one of my favorites yeah it's terrific so we got a game here we're gonna play really quickly we got a few minutes left and this is a game that is inspired by something drew and i used to do back in the day this actually is a game i originally i started playing this with my brother when i was 12 yeah a long 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 time ago like way back when and uh what we're gonna do it's a little it's a little bit of a riff on this game so uh who do you want Bale or 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 i want Bale. Because so, you said before the show that, that as an example, you would take Bale and I take Damon. Yeah. So I want to switch it. So Drew's going to take Bale. I'm going to take Damon. Uh, we're <laughs> going to go back and forth here naming a movie one of those guys has been in one at a time. We have Not five. including the most recent three that we just discussed on the show. Not yet. <laughs>
0: uh, Vice, uh,
1: Mowgli, and Hostiles. I got no more. Uh, and uh, five seconds each till one of us gets stumped. So uh, you've got Bale. I've got Damon. I guess so. Uh, we're gonna have Ryan up in the booth. Ryan, how you doing?
0: Doing well, and yeah, this will be the noise when the five second timer is up, meaning you got to move on right here.
1: Okay. All right, so we got a beeper. We got a beeper that's going on. All right, so uh,
0: I'll count you in if you want me to. Yeah,
1: sure. So we can't use Suburbicon downsizing or the Great Wall. No, <laughs> but I can use the other three. No, you can't.
0: <laughs> All right. All right, starting Let me in. Try to go chronologically. Five, four, three. Two, one. Ben. Good old hunting.
1: Empire of the Sun. Rounders. Newsies. Uh, uh Titan E. <laughs> Batman Begins. Uh, I can't say downsizing. Born Identity. Dark Knight. Born Supremacy. Dark Knight Rises. Born Ultimatum. Exodus. Gods and Kings. Jason Bourne. <laughs> Goddamn. <it. laughs> American Psycho. Uh, Dogma. The Big Short. Chasing Amy. The Prestige. Uh, talented Mr. Ripley. The Machinist. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I lost it. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> I, hate the, I hate the five second version. I was like, God, what do, what do I say after this one? I don't think he's in Titan A.E. No. I don't think he is either. He's in one of those animated <laughs> movies. You said Titan A.E. and I was just like, okay. <laughs> Confidence, man. I could have won if we had done it the other way, but yeah, yeah. the other way, the other way was amazing because Ben and I we, we played it at a restaurant and we would literally we, we, the 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 center of the entire restaurant was the bar, the end of the bar because that's where you would go to pick up your beers, where you would go to check in with the manager, where the inside and the outside staff would cross paths, and so like we would walk up to each other and on like on a busy a busy night Ben would walk up to me and be like rounders, I'm like fuck, I'm like I'm busy, I'm busy, and then he'd be like so Drew, it's you trying to like, fuck off Ben, and then like. 30 to 45 minutes later, I'd come up and be like, talented Mr. Ripley. Yeah, we'd, we'd, go, we'd go for the whole, t- sometimes even until the next day. You admitted to me at one point that early on in the game, I cheated, cheated. I cheated once. I cheated yeah. once. I remember I went to the bathroom, and I just couldn't help myself. You were so annoyed you were going to lose. I, you had to I win. I can't remember who it was. This was before we were like good friends, and I was just like, I know more about movies than this moron. I'm going to cheat. I'm going to cheat. Just to show him. Just to show him that I know more. You're a bad person. I am. But I'm a good person that I admitted it Yeah, it's good for you. Good for you. So uh, anyway, guys, thanks for thanks for that. That was a game that was uh, inspired by Brandon Hanna, mm-hmm. who is the associate producer. who prepares the outlines for us. Put that on the outline for us. Great idea, Brandon. Keep them coming. Uh, big round of applause for Brandon Hanna. Yeah, Brandon, thank you so much for doing that, brother. Really, really appreciate that. So let us move on to the final Final bits of the show, man. I'm just turning paper over. Yeah. There uh, are three action movie categories. Mm-hmm. Um totally ridiculous, totally legitimate, and ridiculously legitimate. I think this movie's totally legit. I don't think there's any question about that. Yeah, it's totally legit. This story is heartbreaking, honestly, though. I think about the actual legacy of Ken Miles and how yeah. sad it is that he just died on a racetrack somewhere without ever winning the triple crown when he deserved it, and it just breaks my heart. Yeah tragic i totally yeah. agree um so guys there's a uh, few things left to do on the show here uh, the first one we're going to get to is called the pitch yeah so uh i believe this ah! next <laughs> didn't work <laughs> it wasn't a it wasn't an eagle it was like a <laughs> raven or something a seagull <laughs> ryan if we could get a seagull uh so so next week i believe in theaters we have opening the irishman uh, i think it was in theaters briefly for like a week a couple weeks ago yeah and uh I believe late in the month it opens, and Drew and I saw it like three, two, three weeks ago. We did, but uh, to get ready for the Irishman, we're gonna do a movie. It's a little, little off the action brand, and it's uh, it's a Goodfellas, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's one of the there it is. Thank you. Every time we mention Martin Scorsese <laughs> or Goodfellas, we can just hear that sound. <laughs> it's it's one of the greatest movies ever made of all time. It's a good, I've seen <clears throat> Goodfellas, I'll uh, bet you, 12 times. It's one of the movies I've seen the most. Um, I love it. I love it to death. I, I, it's one of my early memory, like great movies that I had seen as a kid a lot. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of scenes in the movie that are just like very, very iconic and. can't wait to talk about it. I think it's going to be an unbelievable episode. Yeah, I've seen the movie like twice, honestly. And I watched it, I think, maybe two years ago uh, as my most recent viewing for the second time. So I'm very, very curious to see uh, how I enjoy it. I do remember a lot of really beautiful shots and really intense moments that stuck with me, especially as a kid. Yeah. Um, So what I think is super cool about this is it's going to tie directly into the action face-off. Commanding the army colon, an action face-off <laughs> is a debate show that Ben and I run every single Sunday, and the way it works is that we compete against patrons movie-style fights, or, I mean, I, know, I, mean, I guess movie-fight style, TV-fight movie yeah. style, TV style, and what it is is the first week we did the greatest Jack Nicholson role, where Ben battled against four patrons, and I judged it. Last night we did the greatest comedy of the 90s, where I battled against four patrons, and you judged it. We're gonna do it every Sunday. It's like an hour-long show, and it's so freaking fun. There's debate, there's trivia, there's there's trash talking They're trash talk you can actually see so the second episode the one that drew uh one is actually up on the action industries youtube that's youtube.com slash action industry you can go see it it's about an hour long maybe a little less mm-hmm. and uh it's drew and he's he's fighting for dumb and dumber being the greatest comedy of the 90s yeah he was up against the big lebowski wayne's world death becomes her and toy story 2 yeah the arguments were compelling the arguments were very compelling so we're gonna be doing another one this coming sunday and this sunday's topic is going to be the greatest Martin Scorsese film of all time. It's going to be me versus four of you. Drew is going to be judging. And the way to be a part of this, if you're curious, if you'd like to be on board, because this can literally, you, anybody, anyway, can any do it. patron can do it. Any patron. You just got to go become a patron at patreon.com slash team action. Now, if you're a patron anywhere from $1 all the way up to the $24 level, literally anybody in, in that whole first run, we will randomly select anybody from that level as one of the spots. The other three spots... They're all going to go to those, those captains, generals, and five-star generals. The, mm-hmm. the most And there's not that many of them. So those higher levels, you know, a few of them have gone already. If you guys want to be a part of it, that's the best way to put your name on the short list to get involved in this. But if you're interested in being a part of this and you're also a patron at patreon.com slash teamaction, send an email to actionindustriesbrand at gmail.com. One more time, that's actionindustriesbrand at gmail.com. With the subject line "Scorsese Face Off," yep, and uh, let us know what your top two picks are because we don't want to. We want to make sure that everyone gets a couple picks out there so that no one is overlapping. And uh, do you already know what you want to, what you're going to battle? I no? mean, I know you, I don't want you to say it on the show. I have a pretty good idea. There's, there's, uh, there's six or seven to me that feel like they're like the top. The top, top, top shelf. Uh-huh. But there's also two or three others that I feel like if somebody wanted to get really clever and make up make an argument for, for sure, they totally could. I was like, a lot since of people- I'm judging it, I-, I can tell you right now, King of Comedy is a movie that I was not familiar with a year ago, yeah, and I love that movie. I think movie. it's one of De Niro's best performances ever, and that's because of Scorsese. It's a terrific movie. So I, I think that there's some really, really obscure ones out there, and uh, you know, get those submissions in early so I can make sure to watch your movie if I haven't seen it already, or I haven't seen it recently. Yeah, so. one more time. Uh, Scorsese, face-off to actionindustriesbrand at gmail.com. You just have to be a patron at any level. Patreon.com slash action to be considered. Send in your top two choices with a couple sentences why you want to be a part of this thing, why you think it's a good idea, and uh, maybe you'll get a you know, confirmation from us. We send them all out on Saturday, the day yep. before the competition. It's all just done through Streaming, we all just do it through a little webcam. Uh, so go check the first one out if you want to see it. Um, that is a good tie-in right now to a salute to some of our generals. Oh, big big time salute! We got to go with the five-star generals first, the highest level. We got the inaugural five-star general: Brian Chandler, Miss Movies, Jeremiah Morris, Mac Ryan, John Getz, Jake Yakoveta, Lucas, and Alec. Sh- <laughs> wow, Lucas and Alex Shashek. Alex, great job battling last night. Kyle Grandinetti and Paul DiNuzio, big salute to you five-star generals. Got Jeremiah in there, too. Jerry. Jerry Morris, uh, he, I know you said his name, but he also, oh, yeah, he also battled last he night. He also battled last night. He did. He did very, very well, except for he battled for Toy Story 2. It's a tough one to it's fight It's a for. tough one to fight for. He got pretty far, though. He really did a really good job, Yeah, honestly. You, your final, you versus Luke Sweezy at the end there was tough. I wanted to give it to Luke because I don't good, like you, I but know. it's fair. It's fair. I but I, felt, but I felt like your arguments were strong, uh, and Luke arguing for the Big Lebowski, it's a, uh, it, it, it's tough because I know you don't like the Big fu- Lebowski. That I do. Much. I just it's just funny. It just doesn't feel as. I mean, Dumb and Dumber. Come on. If I wanted to win, I would have just done Tommy Boy. Yeah, that would have just done it. <laughs> would have been pretty hard to argue. <laughs> uh, now the rest of the generals I want to give shout-outs to. we got Andrew Hayes, Billy Belford, John Patterson, Jake Yakavetta, Kelsey Kirkland, Nick Gilmore, Cody Seal, Taymor Buta, AJ Lancaster, Sari Lamanmaki, and Danny Joyce. I want to see submissions from all you guys to be a part of this face-off. It's going to be super fun. So thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Ryan, thanks for engineering the show today. As you got always, it. you kick ass. Yep, and we will see you guys same place, same time next week to talk. Good fellas. Good fellas. Bye, everybody. Bye. Maria Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network. We would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a
0: presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.